Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Dillon. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi guys, how's it been? Not bad, how are you? Brilliant. I've you... just come back from Copenhagen. That's it right. It was amazing. la da What What was so good about Copenhagen, Dave? such a cool city like where we were staying in Norebro or Norebro I don't know how you pronounce you're it you're making not this up. <laughs> it's just everybody's a bit everybody's like the, the right level of trendy like nobody nobody goes full on Shoreditch hipster wanker and but everybody's like six foot tall and good looking and oh, I felt at home it's like a city full of Fergus Craigs <laughs> <laughs> I went to Copenhagen uh, quite a few years ago now. I had possibly the nicest bite of food I've ever had in my life. Bite? Yeah. Is this on someone else's plate or something? I was with... I went with my girlfriend and we went to a really nice restaurant and we decided to share the starter and it was scallop mm. or scallop. And it was like... You know, with the exchange rate or whatever, it was like basically thirty pounds for this starter, Jeez. and it was uh, one scallop. <laughs> so we like shared it, but that bite was so good. Wow! Yeah, you don't get oh. this with other other football podcasts, do you? You don't get it with other football podcasts. So that's to, why I we're to say top the, of the charts. <laughs> the food was incredible. Really, really good. Yeah. Well, somewhere else the food is incredible is St. James's Park. Um, so let's get uh, straight on to the football. <laughs> the weirdest segue. Yeah. That is such a good link. That, so um, I suppose we should talk a little bit about uh, the replay against uh, Birmingham. I don't, I mean, it, it feels quite a while ago now, but uh, I think I predicted a 2-1, I think. Maybe you, I think you predicted 1-0, uh, Dave. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I was closest uh, because the final result uh, was 3 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do we remember much about that game? I mean, is there a lot to say? I mean, well, I just watched 90 minutes of it, so I remember it quite clearly. Not the Rotherham game, the Birmingham one. The Birmingham game. Yeah, I watched 90 minutes of the Birmingham game, and really? I watched 90 minutes of the Rotherham game today. Jesus. Yeah. Have you had a good day, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been lovely. I've been mean, watching football. Should we send help? On work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because the um, NUFC.co.uk, like the official site, they now uh, they put up the uh, the games um, that haven't been shown live because rights... Um, uh, I think the I think the EFL and the FA Cup are they're available to them if they haven't been shown live previously. So if you want to watch ninety minutes of the football without any commentary, no replays, pretty much one camera <laughs> angle, um, you can. And I did, so I did. Is it literally just one camera on it? Well, it's one camera position, and there's obviously cameramen there who. Um, follow the action as best they can because i I'm heard not, the not, news uh, that the website was showing the games after they'd happened like the full 90 minutes i thought mm. nobody on earth is gonna like voluntarily watch that so it's good to know that someone's out there who. <laughs> to be honest i but, should have known it would be you yeah it's useful for stuff like um because you know i love like the whole gamut of stuff that you can take an interest in in a football game I was watching to see, like... The Stuarts. Where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly just love watching men in high-vis jackets. It's a great game for the Stuarts. No, go on. Go on. What were you, what were you watching? <laughs> well, you know, like, when you see the highlight package, the, the highlight package on Channel 5 is terrible. Um, I don't know what it's like for the international viewers if they get, like, much, highlight, m- much of the highlights for the championship games. But it's not great. Um... You get pretty much all you need from the the YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube and stuff. Whereas this, you can see a little bit more. So I saw there were more chances than I was aware of in both games. There were um, you can you can see how Shelby dictates the play, even when he's not firing off sixty uh, yard balls or whatever. When he's just getting the ball in the centre and moving it around a bit. It's yeah. I mean, I I know I know I'm a massive nerd. I don't care. It's just something it's good nice that to you have know, on while I'm working. That's the main thing. Yeah. No, no this podcast would that. would be an absolute <laughs> failure without your existence, Dave. Um, probably <laughs> was early on in the season in the season yeah. when we forgot the medium of phones. <laughs> um, so, uh, was it a good performance against Birmingham on uh, Wednesday night? Yeah. Yeah. We. Um, it, it was very, very comfortable, despite the fact we had three uh, debutants. And I think um, that should be the focus because uh, Daniel Barlas uh, was played in the centre alongside Shelby. Um, and we had... Elmani uh, started on the left Elmani, as well, yeah, didn't he? Like, Barlas looked okay. Obviously, he's not up to, not up to first-team level yet, but he, you know... Decent touches, bit of confidence as you know, he grew in confidence as the game went on. The one who sounded um, really good because I listened to it on the radio, but the former Celtic centre back we had, Stuart made, Findlay. Stuart Findlay, it sounded like he had quite a decent game. 
Yeah, he did. He looked quite composed. I thought a lot of that was down to Grant Hanley, who seemed to basically handhold him through the game. Uh, there was a lot of pointing and, you know, oh, you need to be in this position. Um, don't give the ball to me, give the ball to that guy. You know, So credit to Grant Hanley. He did a real, like, big brother role there. But Finley looked comfortable on the ball. Um, he, he wasn't muscled off it by any of the... Uh, the Birmingham players, I have to say, the Birmingham were absolutely terrible. Um, well, they, have they uh, won under Zola yet? No, no. It's, um, it's a good job they sacked Gary Rowett for performing <laughs> <Yeah>. quite well. <laughs> um, but yeah, Finley, Finley looked good. Um, El Marnie, or Ben El Marnie. Uh, the non league like, Mares. Yeah, it? the non league Mares himself. Couple of, couple of decent runs, but touch let him down um, but Gufran am I right because I, I, like I listened to it but wasn't Gufran played as a striker as well yeah. which was because yeah. he was a striker before he came to us wasn't he and we've sort of played him on the left yeah. most of the time but he's got he, he got himself a goal yeah I guess Gufran's kind of like the shit French Daniel Sturridge <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> And Daniel Sturridge think, is sort of turning into the shit English Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Sturridge is the shit English Johan Gufran. Um, yeah. But I have to say, Gufran looked good. He, if, he, if he wasn't taken out by the, the keeper for the first goal, um, which was a penalty, um, he probably would have scored it anyway because he was clean through. And It's quite clever found, as well because he, like, he, he was definitely looking for the contact to go down. So he yeah. he waited and timed it perfectly to just knock it past him. Mm. It's quite he looks quite that... intelligent as a striker. It's good because I'd worried before that without Gale we didn't really have that sort of intelligent, quite quick striker in our ranks. Mm. And it is nice to see there is a, a backup for that. So I'm not sure Perez is that sort of player. No, no. And um, yeah. Going back to what what's his name? Stuart Finley. And uh, Grant Hanley was doing lots of points. And I always think that's a good way of um, showing people that you're a good central defender, do pointing. Do a lot of pointing. <laughs> I worry if people do it for the look. It's a bit like on your driving test where you really deliberately look at the mirrors so the instructor knows you're doing right. it. I think okay. it's just like if someone's watching, they need to know I'm, I'm actually, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, most still photographs of central defenders involve... <laughs> them pointing <laughs> oh yeah he should be captain he's, he's got to be captain <laughs> did he's, Philip Albert ever point I can't imagine not. he did that was probably what let him down career wise oh, you could have been so much he had all the talent but if only you'd learned to point <laughs> yeah <laughs> I meant um, to tell this story on the last pod so I'm going to tell it now uh, just while we stick on Birmingham uh because of Gianfranco Zola. I've been to Stamford Bridge once in like 2001 or two. League Cup game, Newcastle. Um, we lost in like the last minute of injury time. Um, but we were right near, I was with the Newcastle fans and we were right near uh, the Chelsea bench. And uh, the fans behind me kept on shouting at Zola going, Midget! Midget, you're a fucking midget. You're a mid, and my mate who was with me was like five five, 
<laughs> and I touched him on the back and went, sorry, mate. And my friend, <laughs> my friend ever since then has hated Newcastle fans, just hates them. Anyway. That's understandable. Okay. So, um, unless there's anything else to say about the Birmingham game, I'll move on uh, to the Rotherham game on Saturday. Are we all okay with that? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, um, and I'm sure you won't complain about us moving on to this game, David, because you were completely correct in your prediction, 4-0. Did you put a bet on it? No, I didn't. I genuinely, it was, I was intending to, but you know when you're just getting ready to go on a nice holiday, things get missed so that's the when i'm going on holiday the last thing i do before leaving is put bets on (laughs) it's a holiday tradition get to the airport it's the labrook's life just before we get there i've just got a bet on this wait a minute i know we're going on a romantic mini break but i've got to put my accumulators on Um, but no i didn't put it on and uh, the only way i could keep up to date with it where we were because um, I couldn't, I couldn't, in all good conscience, drag my better half to a pub on the off chance it was showing the yeah. Newcastle versus Rotherham game. It was being so streamed, just, though. It's one of the few games we've had that has been available to watch online. Is it? And mm. the the other Rotherham game this season was the same as well. I don't know why. I don't know what the global like media outlets seem to see in Newcastle v Rotherham. Is it not just? If Rotherham get a result, it's almost like a quote-unquote giant killing. I guess because they're and, bottom, yeah. Yeah, and if, if as was the case, we spanked them, well, it's four goals, isn't it? So I would have thought it's... it's quite I'm surprised that we don't get that game more often because if, they, if they're showing one championship game, yeah. here's me being a... Um, an it's like arrogant, my new fans in the 90s. Yeah, here's me being an arrogant Newcastle fan. But, you know, we've probably... Us and Villa, but I would say us, have the biggest fan base in the championship. So mm. therefore, mm. that's the biggest guaranteed viewership. Um, yeah. But let's not uh, just talk about ratings. We're not Donald Trump. Hey, guys. <laughs> Satire. Um, uh, it took a while to get going in terms of it took a while for us to get the first goal. Uh, mm. But it, a lovely first goal it was. An unbelievable crossfield ball from John Joe Shelby. I yeah. Thought. It's quite interesting, Shelby, in this game because it's the. I don't know why it's not happened more often, but it hasn't. But this was the first time he's been properly man marked for the whole of the first yeah. half. They, like, they had a player on him who just didn't leave his side. And it did work for a little bit because I think we saw when he was out, a lot of our players sort of rely on Shelby having a creative answer which they don't right. it's why jack well, colback doesn't seem to work but as soon as I the goal I mean, as soon as we got the lead they stopped doing that so it sort of reverted back to shelby having space well i think that it's a good point because um the reason that we got that um like that, that crossfield ball was uh the reason why shelby was able to, to play that crossfield ball is because he had 10 yards because it was from a free kick that we were taking in our own half. Exactly, but it, was, yeah. it was so he had to like the he tried to put one through for, to Richie, and it was pulled back as the ball was moving or I don't know whatever. But because it was pulled back, and because that guy uh, the 
uh, Rotherham number four wasn't, you know, touch tight to Shelby. He was able to fire that ball across. And once, like you say, once once we were ahead, Rotherham had to stop man marking him and, you know, look to try and get something out, like out of the game again. And as soon as that happened, Shelby was just able to pull the strings and pull them apart. It was a really good goal from uh, th- that first goal, wasn't it? I mean, that that long mm. ball and then that mm. first touch from Yedlin and a lovely turn mm. and finish from Daryl Murphy. Yeah, who three, has three now. Right, really, really uh, fulfilling what, what you want from a, a, a fringe player who's been called up. Um, uh, Yedlin and Gufran both got the same hairstyle at the moment. Yeah. If... Yeah. If Rafa decides to put Gufran on the right, we're fucked, aren't we? I mean, how are we <laughs> going to tell Or it could difference? be quite a good move because then nobody knows which of them they're marking. We'll bamboos. Well, let's just get the yeah. whole team with this. Get the whole like team the, to bleach their hair. Was it Romania in Euro '96? Did that? Oh, yeah. They all yep. dyed yeah. their hair blonde. Yeah, and they won, didn't they? No, yeah, they didn't. No. But, <laughs> but they had a good time. So, uh, yeah, that's. That's one issue. But um, the next goal was uh, from Richie, from a, a Gufran uh, shot, which was spilled, and Richie picked up the pieces. Richie's got four goals in two games. Yeah, he seems mm. to have hit form, because even though he's still he's into double figures now, I think, for goals for this season, but he has been markedly worse than the start of the season, and he seems to have picked up again in the last few games. He is a decent level Premier League winger. I think he, like he even said himself, he'd been playing below his best for a little while. But he seems, from the weekend as well, just to be hitting form at a time when we were starting to worry. Like what level is he? Is he a Matt Etherington? Is he a Stuart Downing? I think Stuart Downing sort of level. Is he an Aaron Lennon? No. No, he's not Aaron Lennon level. Aaron Lennon's sort of like Kieran Dyer, where he's got that level of pace that will get you an England call up when you're 21, but you'll do nothing after 25. Good call. He's yeah. he's a mid-table Premier League winger, yeah. winger, isn't he? I was actually I was going to ask you guys: Do you think that the links? Because we've been linked with quite a few wingers um, in this window. Do you think that's part of the reason for his upturn in form because he knows that Newcastle United can, you know, we can attract players of the standard of Andros Townsend. I Maybe. don't know. Because I don't think his, if we sign another winger, I don't think his place would be under threat. I think he's, he's one of the few who's sort of guaranteed a start, I would say, for us. Hmm. Is he Scottish or English? Scottish. Scottish. Well, he's in the Scottish teams. He hasn't got a Scottish accent. Oh, I see. Well, he's pulling a fast one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I should look at his Wikipedia page, but I can't be asked. Um, His his last goal on Saturday was really nicely taken. Yeah. Uh, So full credit there. Um, Now, uh, Perez got a goal after Yedlin just about kept it in. Blatant handball. Yeah, elbowed it in. Yeah, it's a weird one, Perez. Because he did you see his one-on-one as well, which was such an easy chance and skied it over. 
He's kind of, he's a frustrating player, but he at least seems to be good enough in the number ten role now that he'll he'll get in good positions to miss. Whereas before he wasn't even getting in those positions. So I think that is that a good thing or not? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think we somewhat facetiously said we were hoping that uh, this month would be uh, would signify the resurgence of Ayose Perez, mm. and uh, it sort of has, Dave. Yeah, um, I think a lot of that has to do. You have to look at the, the standard of opposition we've come up against because Birmingham were Birmingham were worse than uh, Rotherham, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and the amount of space that uh, Perez was finding throughout both of those games, um, he, he's not giving the ball away as much because he simply wasn't under as much pressure. Um, there seems to be a bit of frustration that um, when he gets into the box, he doesn't necessarily make the right decisions. Um, you know, he's making the wrong decisions more often than not. A few times I noticed that he could have pulled the ball back for one of the one of the other midfielders to come through but um didn't took the shot on himself mm. and some you know sometimes sometimes like like we said with the the gale goal um before he got crocked um it's the kind of thing where you, you do want a selfish striker but <laughs> as long as he's actually taking his chance whereas i don't know like per- perez is a is a good player in this league and he uh he certainly got potential but he, he needs to he needs to quickly make be- like learn to make better decisions yeah um, his decision making seems worse than when he started yeah. at us in the premier league where he just he seemed to just naturally take to it well maybe mm. it's just a matter of form and uh and and not playing week in week out and Maybe there's a little bit of a crisis of identity who am i what a, what am i um <laughs> But uh, hopefully he's going to get the chance to... Uh, I think he should live with Peter Beardsley and then hopefully just his way of playing would rub off on him. That is such a good idea. And a treatment for a sitcom I will be <laughs> writing up tomorrow morning. Uh, now, uh, we're just going to go on a, a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Welcome back. I don't know what we just advertised, but I sure want it. Although sometimes on the odd episode, we didn't advertise anything. No sponsors were attracted that week. And it is just seaside music. (laughs) I don't understand what the deal is with the seaside music, but it's a, yeah, it's a little bit horror movie. Someone's about to get shot. (laughs) Uh, But welcome back. Uh, we haven't bought anyone, Dave. Why? Not yet. Oh, because like I said on a previous pod, the um, the market's not really moving very much, um, and the, some of the some of the players that are going are going for just huge fees. I think I think we're doing you know that which is reasonable, which is we're only going to sign the right player. Um, 
I mean, obviously, there's every single window, every single team can strengthen. But I, I do think there's a there's there's a fear of just buying for buying's sake. I mean, some of the players that we've been linked with, like Andros Townsend or James McCarthy and stuff, yeah, they'll obviously improve the team. They'll make us uh, even stronger in this league and can perform in the in the uh, in the Premier League. But if you if you look at um, how much money we were quoted for for other players like like I said before like Tom Penny like twenty two like twenty twenty two million for a player who might or might not improve the improve enough to be a Premier League player like we don't need to go off and sign him we're going to get promoted probably as champions. Oh, um, David. I, think, I know. No, I'm with. But, there was a thing I heard on the radio that made me feel a lot safer about this season. Since the era of three points for a win, there's never been any teams in the championship with the same points as Newcastle and Brighton that haven't won automatic promotion. I did hear that, and that was. And I know that we're in a better situation that we were than we were under uh, Chris Hutton at yeah. this stage of the season, and we did run away with that. And I think you're probably right, but I, I'm uncomfortable with... Uh, M- that kind of emphaticness, you know, that kind of... Uh, but we've just come through, or we're sort of still in the hardest bit of the season. We lost what is, well, who is clearly our key player for a spell. Yeah. And we've got three players off at the African Cup of Nations and we're still top of the league. And Dwight Gale's been out. Yeah. So, yeah, and our second choice striker is injured as well. So I'm, I'm fully confident that we'll kick on a bit. It is true to say, well, you always are, David. But it is true to say that, <laughs> that I mean, like, like, insert that, we could insert that into every single podcast <laughs> of the last two years. Um, it is true to say that uh, there hasn't been a, a great deal of action in the transfer window anywhere. There's no. no- I mean, it uh, looks like Aston Villa are going to sign two players from Barnsley, uh, a guy called Connor Hurahan and uh, James Me, uh, James Bree, sorry, Bree. And they're okay. They're, they're decent championship players, but it looks very much like a, a plan to make a very good championship side for next season rather than Aston Villa making a concerted push for for the um, for the playoffs spots this season. Um, other than that, there's not really that much movement. I mean, we've been linked with um, Mo Barrow from Swansea on loan, and he's a lightning quick winger, bit of skill, bit of um, finesse on the wings. But he, it doesn't. It's not the kind of signing that excites me too much. The ones that do are, like I said before, Townsend, because he's clearly a mid-table Premier League stri- uh, mid-table Premier League midfielder. Townsend um, was as well rested, or like he was out of the entire squad for Palace's game at the weekend. Why is he? Why is it not worked out for him? For him at Palace this spell, because neither Pardew or Allardyce want him. Yeah, he. I would have thought Allardyce would have got something out of him, but I guess did he? Re- does he really do well with wingers, Allardyce? Did he at Sunderland? No, not really. It's the the players. Well, Adam Johnson. Of- <laughs> he, he got results of a kind. <laughs> um, the type of like like uh, supply line that he likes is Johan Kabai. 
can deliver a ball from a set piece, can deliver balls into the box from pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Whereas Townsend's get down the wing, cut inside, take a shot. Um, and that's not really Sam Allardyce's style. It's not Unless it's a fullback, like Van Arnholt last season for mm. Sunderland was pretty amazing. Well, uh, Pat Van Arnholt, who was on loan with us the last time we were down in the Championship, he's oh, yeah. um, on Sam Allardyce's radar. Um, very much would like to meet up with him again, I think. Um, but if, if, uh, if Townsend does join us, really we're in a position of strength we don't really need to sign him like we're not we're not short players to get promotion we just want mm. better players i saw so, a, i saw a tweet that was like a couple of years old from a spurs fan uh, the other day suggesting that if townsend was asked to play on the left he would still cut onto his left foot foot and like run the ball out for the throw in <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that's that fair enough, true. I think. Um, uh, yeah. But Did you yeah. see, but speaking of we, tweets, sorry, you on. see Simon Jordan tweeting about Andros Townsend today? No, but I'm a big fan of tweets. What did he <laughs> <you> say? <laughs> I can't remember the exact words, but it's basically intimating that he's going and that he's not really put the effort in and is just angling for a move. Right. Well, Seems strange because, like, just, you know, we went down... but through no fault of Andros Townsend putting in the effort. And that was not just busting the gut to get forward and try and score a goal. He was he was working up and down that wing all game. So it's odd that he could be bothered to do it for us, but doesn't seem to be bothered to do it for Crystal Palace. Mm. Sometimes you get a player who goes around a lot of clubs but only performs at one of them. I think Townsend with us could be one of those cases. Well, there was there's something wrong at Palace, but... Um... It, it, it yeah. just seems not quite. They seem a little bit, and you know, I know I won't get into Pardew, but they seem a little bit like us a year ago yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, now, uh, our next game is in the Cup this Saturday away at Oxford United. If all goes through, myself and Paul Doolan are going, thanks to an anonymous Newcastle Natter listener who sorted us out with some tickets for a price, but a fair price, face value. <laughs> so uh, we really appreciate that. Assuming it all goes through. <laughs> that you're but, <laughs> No, but we are very grateful. We're very excited about going to this game. I've never been to Oxford. It's always been the dream. Yeah. Um, what do we think is going to happen there, Dave? Uh, Aside from me and Paul... Uh, Learning something about the history of one of Britain's most famous university cities <laughs> or towns. Uh, city. I think city, you, city. You and Paul will have a lovely punt down the river. And yes. then, uh, I think that's Cambridge, see... but go on. <laughs> Oxford have got. You can do it at Oxford. It's got the Thames. I don't know. They're go, all the same to me. Go on, Dave. Um, you're no, you're out of your depth. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I think it's three-one. I reckon. I don't think it'll. Be, I don't think we'll have it all our own way because it's the FA Cup and um, Oxford will be desperate to get to a replay so that they can get us, uh, get back up to St James's Park and get I'm another sure they'd payday. Lo- they'd love to play a game in a in a stadium without one of the four ends being a car park, <laughs> <laughs> which is what yeah, I'm told is, is 
is at the Kazam Stadium. I did see some Newcastle fans online talking about chartering a double-decker bus to just go into the car park and watch it from the top deck. That is such a, <laughs> such a good idea. That is such a good idea. But I think, yeah, 3-1. I think we'll, I think we'll play a team not too dissimilar from the, the, the team that took the field against Birmingham. Hopefully we might have a couple of players in because there's certainly talk of um, uh, Benitez wanting at least one in uh, over the next couple of days and he wants some players in before you know, before the the window slams shut as windows are want to do. I it never gently closes the transfer window, does it? It always <laughs> slams no. shut. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that we've been linked with two Croatian players. <coughs> Sorry. That seemed a weird um, one. Cause it's these two Croatian players for something like 25 million. Seems like a, a weird signing for us to make now. Yeah. Well, we'll it could see. be the case that it could be a case that we are lining that transfer up for the summer. Don't know, but it, anyway, we might have a couple of new players in by by the time uh, we face Oxford. I don't know if they'll be eligible because I don't know if you're allowed to um, register players. Uh, you know, a week before. Mm. I don't know. Um, but, I think yeah, if you are, think... Oxford as well will have a West Ham striker on loan who's like a former Valencia youth team striker who sounds quite yeah. decent. So, okay, so who what? Knows? Let's, let's do some predictions. Paul Dillon? Uh, I think draw. I think we'll go to replay. Okay. One all. One all. Classic Fergus Crow prediction. Dave? 3 1. I think our quality will just tell, especially if. Especially if Shelby's playing. I hope so. It feels like we've got a bit of a resurgence going, and I'm going to go 2 0. Mm. Um, nice. So, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope it all comes together. I feel like it's going to. I've got confidence in, in you, anonymous uh, <laughs> listener, and I, I can't. I can't express how much. I, I can't express. I can't express. I just want to say I'm so grateful not only to you but to all Newcastle <laughs> just, listeners. Just just, life. I just, I just in times like these, it's just great. <laughs> Listen, just morphing into that character from on the bus. Blakey. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the one. Right. One for the younger listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dave. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your uh, for your your expertise, your knowledge, your impetus. Um, I really Thanks, appreciate it, Dave Watson. Uh, thank sentiment. Yeah, and entirely sincere. Thank you, Paul Doolan, for my attendance, for your attendance, <laughs> and uh, nothing else. <laughs> and thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Uh, we will be back next week with hopefully. Uh, um, uh, uh, some tales to tell about seeing a football match in the flesh. I mean, I never thought I'd get there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to that being an actuality. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.